Welcome to the Gospel Ministry of Exchange Church. Thank you for connecting with us for our Bible talk today, and please feel free to share these talks with others as well. It's our desire to connect people to Jesus and grow people in Jesus. To find out more about us, please visit our website, www.exchangechurch.org.au. The last few weeks we've been going through the book of Galatians, a really powerful book that the Apostle Paul wrote nearly 2,000 years ago. And uh, he wrote to the churches in Galatia, the province of Galatia. They experienced some dramas and challenges, and he writes this letter to them to navigate them through these challenges. As we set the scene today, uh, have you ever had this feeling that you've never been fully accepted by God? Do you feel that the bar of acceptance by God is just always seems just out of reach and you feel guilt-ridden about not doing enough? Like you're not good enough to reach the bar, to make that acceptance before the Lord. Well, the Holy Spirit through Paul is going to talk directly to all of us today as we battle some of these thoughts, which I think everybody to some extent may have this thought passing through the mind. Maybe I'm just not doing enough for God to accept me. So if you've got your Bibles, please go to Galatians chapter 2. And we're going to follow on from where we were last week. We finished at the end of verse 14 and we're now going to go to verse... 15 through to verse 21. Starting in verse 15, we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law no one will be justified. But if in our endeavour to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Father, we thank you today that we can gather this morning. We thank you for your word. We ask and pray, Holy Spirit, now as we think about this really, really foundational truth, the doctrine of justification by faith alone in Christ alone is our salvation. Open our hearts up to receive that today and build a big foundation where we can launch into gospel freedom for what you've done for us, Lord. We ask and pray that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, really important book, the book of Galatians. Every book of the Bible is important. Um, can I just get someone to turn that down? Because it keeps blowing my pages over. No, no, this air conditioner over here. Someone can grab the remote and turn that off. That'd be good. Thanks, Steve. Otherwise, I'm going to have my hand here all the time. Hold it back, hold it back. Uh, really important book, uh, the book of Galatians. Um, Paul goes through here a massive challenge with these people, as I was just saying before. Uh, he's got this idea that they're being challenged here by works. And he's actually um, got to come back and, and try and correct them in this way. So Paul moves in this, this part of the book here, which is probably the foundation of the gospel, the justification by faith alone. This teaching either makes the gospel good news or it makes the gospel a scam. That's how important it is. Really, really, really important. 
Uh, this teaching will be paramount for the Galatians here as they sort through the false teaching of the disagreement they currently have. And if the Galatians can get this, what Paul's going to explain over these next maybe nearly a couple of chapters, what they'll build here is a mighty foundation for the freeing power of the gospel to set them on a course of life and wholeness in Christ. If they can understand here what Jesus has achieved for us at the cross. So prior to this, Paul has just spoken to them about Peter, the, another apostle, and his hypocritical living, uh, the way he was sort of um, withdrawing from the uh, Gentiles and not eating with them, which was part of the Old Testament law. And he said, Peter, you're out of step with the gospel. And now he moves on from that to um, give this example here to refocus the Galatians back to the central truth of our right standing before God, which is faith alone in Christ alone. Now, this was radical teaching that really did mess with the heads of the Jews back in that day. They just could not embrace this. They could not get this. They just were so steeped in Old Testament thinking and law that they couldn't get that this Christ had fulfilled this completely. So this thing that, Jesus, uh, that Paul was talking about really did mess with their heads in trying to understand and grasp what is taking place here. So here's where we're heading this morning. Uh, Jesus alone has made us right with God. Jesus alone has made us right with God and now Jesus lives within us to free us to live a life that now glorifies God. Jesus alone has made us right with God and Jesus now lives within us to free us to live a life that glorifies God. First though, as we think about this word justification or justified, you might think that's a really big word. I don't understand what justified means or justification means. It's really important for us as we read the Bible not just to skip over things, but what does it mean? What does that word mean there? Well, the word justified means to have a right standing, a right standing, a right position uh, if you're in a courtroom scene, perhaps, and maybe there was a truck driver who was driving down a road and he veered off the road and went through, uh, crashed through fences and took out a, a hay shed and a whole bunch of things, and you think, what did he do this for? Well, the, the, he might go to court and say, he actually was avoiding some students who were crossing over the road and they shouldn't have been, so he just veered off the road and went down and crashed through the gates. He was justified in that action. In other words, he was in the right. He was not in the wrong. So justified means to be in the right place, to do the right thing, or in a right position. In a biblical sense, it's also seen as a legal term, justified, justification, in the sense of either being guilty or not guilty before God in ourselves. Am I guilty before God and not justified? Or am I not guilty and therefore justified in a right position before God? That's how the Bible sees the word here, justified or justification. Now, for us to get and grasp justified or justification, we have to see what our natural state is before God. If we were just to present ourselves before God just in our natural state, we need to understand what that would look like to help us understand here what this word means and how important it is for us to get this as a foundation. In short... In short, God is our creator, God is holy, God is just, and God is perfect in every way. Every single person in this room and on the world is a creation of God, made in his image. God commands us and calls us to live before him in a holy and just and perfect way. Without question, that's the command of God upon our lives. At the same time, the Bible categorically tells us 
No one lives holy or just or perfect before the Lord. Every single person here, the Bible tells us, has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's where we are in our natural state. So when we stand before God as responsible human beings created by him in our natural state, no one is right. No one is justified. We're all guilty of breaking God's good commandments, not bad commandments, good commandments for our lives. Every single person. No exceptions, except one, which is Jesus. All not justified. We all deserve God's right justice for our guilt, for breaking his commandments. And this is critically important here because this is what Paul is talking about with the Galatians. He's saying there, how do you think that you'll be made right with God? How do you think you'll be made, how do you think you can be justified to stand before God in a right way, in a right position or a right standing? How do you think you'll do that? So now we're going to get back into a text. That's, that's our natural standing. We're not right before God in our natural standing. Now we'll get back into our text. And Paul puts here two pathways that he's talking about in this passage. One is justification or justified in the right by doing good works or justification by faith in Christ alone. There's two pathways here that Paul's going to talk about. We are either right before God by our good works, by our good deeds, or by what Jesus has done on our behalf for us. What's happening here is the Galatian church is being led back into a supposed right standing, right position, right justification, before God by doing good works, as in we saw last week, being circumcised, keeping the law, including all the ceremonial laws at that time as well. That was the way they thought to be right before God. That's where they're going. But let's see what Paul says here. Particularly, let's have a look in verse 15 as we begin to step through and explain here, which is, I don't know if you've read through this, but it's a tricky passage. You read through this and think, I don't quite understand what's going on here. So we're going to explain today as best I possibly can to try and help us understand what is Paul saying to the Galatians and us. Verse 15, he says this, We ourselves are Jews by birth. What do you mean, Paul? Well, we have these privileges of being Jewish. We have the, we are the chosen people. We have circumcision. We have the law of Moses. We are Jews by birth. We have all these privileges. We're not like those Gentile sinners, those other people we don't, who don't have any of those privileges. We've got these privileges. In verse 16, Paul says this, Yet, despite this, says Paul, what do we know? That God doesn't justify or declare anybody right through doing good works. God doesn't justify anybody or declare anybody right just through doing good works. Why is that, Paul? Why would you say that? Because quite simply, nobody can live a perfect life before God. It cannot be achieved by good works. As soon as we break one law of God, we are guilty before him. Case closed. Guilty, Your Honour. Nothing else to say, nothing to stand on. All the good works we could ever possibly do, mount them all up, will never, ever clear the guilt we've already accumulated because of breaking God's law. It will never erase that away. Paul goes on in verse 16, so you can keep that up there for us. But we know God justifies people through faith in Jesus Christ. In other words, so that's what we've done. 
We've put our faith in Jesus Christ. So let's stop there, Paul. How does that work? You just make that statement. Paul's assuming some things with the Galatians because he's already preached the gospel to them. Here's what Paul's assuming. God's pathway, so God's ordained pathway to having a right standing before him is believing that Jesus, the Son of God, came as a human being and did what we could never do. What was that? Live that perfect life. What we could never do. That same Jesus then offered that life, that perfect life, up on the cross to pay the price of all our guilt. He took upon himself all of our sin, all of our guilt, all of our shame. What is that? That is God's pathway of becoming right with him, believing what God has done for us on our behalf. So Paul goes on in the middle of verse 16, he says this, knowing God's pathway, knowing what God has ordained through Jesus Christ, so we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified, to be made right by faith in Christ. That's it, says Paul. That's it. That's our right standing. This is our justification before God. It's not about me and what I've done. It's all about who Jesus is and what he's done for me on my behalf. That's where it is, Paul says to the Galatians. It's about believing what God has provided for us and putting our faith or trust and belief in that and not in myself and what I could possibly weakly and feebly do. That's where it lies, Paul says. Then he goes on here at the end of verse 16 to restate again, so both the Galatians and us are real clear here. Don't get it mixed up, Galatians. Don't get it mixed up here, people of Exchange Church. Not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. No one. Doing good deeds or good works or whatever you might think you can somehow merit your way to a right standing before God, it will never happen. Paul makes it really categoric there. No one will be justified that way. Good works will never make us worthy or deserving of a right standing before God. Our right standing or our justification before God purely is a work of God through Jesus and given to us as a gift from God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, For our sake, for our sake, for your sake if you believe it, he made him, who's him? Jesus. He made Jesus to be sin, to carry our sin, who knew no sin because Jesus was perfect, so that in him, so that in Christ, we might become the what? The righteousness of God. Did you notice anything there? We weren't very active, were we? We just received what God has done for us. It's a work of God. It's all happened through God in Christ on our behalf. That is our justification. Not anything we can do, but it's about what God has done for us in Christ. Now, one more really powerful thing to grasp and understand. Now, sorry, we are going to spend the next couple of weeks talking about justification as well. We are going to come from different angles, though, so this is not just the only talk today. But one more thing we need to think about here, which is super, super powerful and rock solid about justification, 
is as a declared position or status of who we are now in Christ. Have a look at this verse here in Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we are being justified... Did I say that right? No. Therefore, since we have been justified, past tense, completed, new person, I'm not in the process of being justified, since I've been justified, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So what is our right standing or our justification here? It isn't something that we are gradually attaining. It's just something I'm sort of gradually climbing up the ladder and getting a little bit closer to getting that place of being justified before the Lord. If I just do a few more good things, I might just get a little bit closer to God and then I can reach justification or this right standing. Let me answer that question. No, 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 never. It's a declared position. You have been justified. You are declared right in the finished work of Christ. You're not still trying to get there. It's in the past, in the past work of Christ. We put our faith in Jesus and he declares us justified in a right standing with a new status that is our new position in God because of what Christ has done for us. Let's move this on as we think about what's happening here because what comes next is what we call the great controversy. It's the great controversy of Paul's day which still goes on to this day as well. Here's what they're saying. Paul, that's just too easy. What? We just believe and grace covers everything. We just believe what's happened here. Where's the incentive and where's the motivation to live a holy life if it's that easy? If we just believe, isn't that going to just create people who just go on sinning and grace is going to cover it all? Isn't that what's going to happen, Paul? Let's see what he says in verse 17. But if in our endeavour to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. Now, I've struggled with that verse a long, long time. What in the earth is Paul saying to the Galatians there when he says that? Here's what I think he's saying as he, when he writes that to them. Paul is saying the very thing that they are thinking, this sort of easy believism. If we choose the pathway of being justified in Christ and not keeping the law, which is what the, uh, the Jews would want, wanted to do back then, we are still found to be sinning because we all still sin even though we are believers in Christ. We have indwelling sin and we still keep tripping up and keep falling. So we're still doing that. So doesn't this pathway of simply believing in what Jesus has done, won't that just encourage us to just, ah, well, just keep sinning and God's grace will cover it? Won't it do that, Paul? Because there'll be no proper incentive for fighting against sin, to not sin. That's what Paul's saying there. Okay, do we just, is that what's going to happen? Paul's, think, Paul's saying what they're thinking. And how does he answer that? The last two words? Certainly not. Certainly not. No way does justification by faith lead to a life of cheap grace and easy sinning. Paul's going to go on to explain that for us. Paul goes on in verse 18 and he says this. He's talking about now as he's, as it were, sort of um, dialoguing with these uh, people. If I rebuild what I tore down, 
In other words, I'm tearing down this whole thinking of justification or right standing by doing good things. If I, um, if I rebuild all that after I've torn it down, well then aren't I actually walking away from what God's done for us in Christ by giving us Jesus as our sacrifice for sins? I'm walking away from what God's pathway is because I'm trying to rebuild again. You've got to do works. You've got to do works. Got... Paul says no. I'm, he says I'm actually departing from Christ. I'm greatly sinning against Jesus. And he goes on then into verse 19. He says this. He says the law, if I'm going to go down this pathway of a, call it a doctrine of works, of doing good things, he says the law gives me no power to live a godly life. Having the Ten Commandments there doesn't empower me, doesn't give me the strength to live a good life. It just holds this thing out here. And really when I look at those Ten Commandments or all the laws of God, they crush me. They kill me. Why? Because in my own strength, I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm left powerless. So Paul goes on in verse 19. He says, I gave up on law-keeping. That's a dangerous thing for Paul to say. He said, I died to the law in the sense of trying to earn something before God because I can't do that. That's not the way God's designed salvation to be. But I've died to that so that I might now live to God his way. His way. Not this law-keeping way. So we might ask the question to Paul, how does that now look, Paul? If you're not going to, as it were, abide by the law, God's law, to to attain or earn or achieve this righteousness, we get to verse 20. Verse 20 is probably the crucial verse in this whole passage. It's crucial here. What does Paul say in verse 20? He says, I'm crucified with Christ. In other words, I have died to my old way of life. I've died to that. I'm a new creation. I'm a new person. It's no longer the old me who's living now inside this person. I've got a new power working and living in me. Paul says, who? Christ lives in me. Okay, I've got this power now. It's the spirit of Christ who now lives in the believer, giving us a new heart, giving us new desires, and this new heart and this new desires wants to live in a new way. What's the new way? A way of holiness, a way of pleasing God. Not to earn anything but to live the way God wants us to live. So now I do. I live this new life. I live by what? I live by faith. Trusting in the Son of God. Who who has done what? Who loved me and gave his life for me. This is not a sterile relationship with the one who's done this for me. This is a loving relationship. He loved me and he gave his life for me. And he now also lives inside of me with a new way to live. So if I'm truly born again, if I'm truly born again, the spirit of Christ lives with me and I have this power, I have this mindset that motivates me now to live in holiness and purity. Not to earn anything, but simply as a life of worship, as an act of thankfulness for what this glorious God has done for me. It's a life of worship and thankfulness, not to earn anything. Because by the works of the Lord, no man will be justified or woman will be justified. It's a life of worship now. So here's your answer, says Paul. 
justification by faith empowers us to live holy lives as we see this glorious grace, this glorious grace that God has shown us in Christ and also for that same grace he continues to give us to now live like Jesus would call us to live. Now grace is critically important for Paul because he goes on to talk about it in the very next verse in verse 21. He says this, I do not nullify or make light of God's grace in Christ. As though it's nothing. Just keep on sinning and let grace cover it. He says, I do not nullify or make light of God's grace in Christ as though it's nothing. If somehow, if somehow, if we could become righteous through the law of doing good works, well then Paul says, Christ died for no purpose. What was the point? If I could somehow make myself right, why did Jesus die? Well, that's a good question, Paul, isn't it? No, God's grace is wonderfully glorious for us. We need it desperately. We need it daily, we need it hourly, we need it every minute and every moment of our lives as God enables us to persevere in grace. Now, you might sit here now and say, that's a lot of head knowledge this morning. It's a lot of thinking. It's a lot of teaching. Do we really have to think this hard? Do we really have to maybe pull some of these verses apart and understand what's happening there? The answer is yes. This is what Paul wrote to the Galatian church, and they were to read this out, and they were to understand this and grasp this as best they possibly could. Because we're doing the very same thing the Galatians are doing 2,000 years ago as they sit and listen and hear. And the reason it's important is this. Because right thinking drives right feeling and that drives right living. It's the head, it's the heart and it's the actions. If it doesn't start here right, our heart won't embrace it in the right way and our actions won't follow it the right way. We get it right in our mind, we get it right in our heart and our feeling and our thinking and then our actions and lives reflect this glorious and wonderful truth. To get and understand the, in the head, as it were, that we are declared justified or right before God by our faith alone in Christ alone is to experience, that's the heart feeling it now, not just our mind computing it, it's our heart feeling it, it is to experience the freeing power of the gospel. That's the heart, and that enables us to live in a right way. That's our actions now flowing from the head, from the heart, out through our lives. Here's where the vast majority of people sit in life as sinful, broken people around the world. What has sin done? Sin has deceived us into thinking we're not that bad a person. Sin deceives us like that. We're not that bad. And if there's a God up there, I'm sure he'll see all the good things I've done in life and he'll let me into heaven. We did a few years of street work, street evangelism there, and we had lots of great conversations with people. And if I ask somebody, do you believe in God? Yeah, people back then, a few years ago, they'd say yes. Maybe today they may not say yes. They'd say yes. I'd say, good. Do you think you'll go to heaven? Oh, yes. Yes, I'll go to heaven. Why do you think you'll go to heaven? Would be the next question. Because I'm a good person. What are they saying? It's justification by good works. 
I'll be right because I'm good and I do good things. The majority of people sit here in this world thinking like that. If they have a conception about God, they just think, if I'm good, I'll get in. Wrong. That's not the way to approach God. That is not God's pathway. That won't work. That's why it's important to understand here what justification is about. Here's two other things we need to deal with if we don't get this idea of justification by faith alone and Christ alone clear. We will suffer in two ways. We will either be racked by guilt in life or we will be filled by pride if we don't get justification by faith alone right. Firstly, guilt. We can so easily get caught on a treadmill of guilt because we think of God in the wrong way, particularly in this way. To earn God's favour or to earn God's blessing in life, we can easily go down a pathway here of thinking, I have to do more to get more. I have to get to this point before God will accept me. In our Christian circles, it could look like this. To get God's blessing and other things, I need to read the Bible more. I need to pray more. I must go to church more. I must serve more, I must give more money, I must become a better father or a better mother, I must become a better man or a better woman. And sometimes this thinking of getting better goes to this level. It can even come down, I need to have a tidier house. Or if you're a bloke, I need to work harder. Now, none of those things are wrong or bad in themselves, they're all good and we would encourage those things. So don't get me wrong thinking they're wrong things. But there's a really fine line. There's a really fine line here where we can be guilted by those things and think, I'm not doing enough. And that's why God is holding out on my life because I'm not going to church enough or I'm not reading enough or I'm not serving enough. God's holding out because I'm just not doing enough to please Him. And the treadmill then is, how much is enough? Just a little bit more? Oh no, just a little bit more? It's a treadmill. If I can just do a little bit more, I'll get the breakthrough. Still not enough. And the guilt piles on me again. I'm not doing enough. God isn't pleased with me, so I'll try and do some more. That's justification by works. You're trying to come before God in good deeds and good works. That's not the way to approach him. It's a crushing guilt. It's never enough and never will be enough because it never could be enough. Or we come with pride. It's easy to get in that pathway because now look at me. Look at how much I am serving. Look at how much I am reading the Bible. Look at how many people I am telling, um, talking to about Jesus. And it's amazing how you can just hear that little voice in the back of your head. I think I'm doing all right. I think I'm okay. I'm way better than that person over there. You can just hear it, just in the back of your mind. I'm okay. It's all about me now. It's pride in what I've achieved. It's pride in what I'm doing. Actually, to the point, I think you owe me, God. I've done so many good things this week, this month. I think, I think you owe me something now. It's pride. It can either be guilt or it can be pride. 
What does justification by faith alone in Christ alone do? It lifts our guilt and it humbles our pride. Never in a million years will I be worthy enough for God's approval. Never. No one is worthy. No one deserves God's grace. And I've had this conversation with people. I don't feel worthy enough. I don't deserve. Yep, you're 100% right. No one is worthy of it and no one will deserve it. Jesus has made us right through his life, not my life. Through his death, not my death. Through his resurrection, not my resurrection. It's about him. Because that's what makes God's grace, grace. Not what I achieved, it's what he's done before me. It's not what I deserve, because I deserve nothing. Justification by faith alone lifts that guilt from me because Christ has done it for me. And for pride, what? Do you really think that somehow you've contributed to your salvation or God's favour through your broken and faulty good works? You do something good and you have that little sneaking thought of pride there, so it's a tainted good work straight away? Do you really think somehow you've contributed to that? If we're really honest, what we're going to say is we deserve nothing except God's righteous judgment. That's what every single person deserves. That's all we deserve. We don't earn anything. Have a guess what? God doesn't give us what we deserve. Thank the Lord for that. He doesn't give us what we deserve. He still gives judgment... Who took the judgment? Jesus took the judgment in our place. So God is still the just and the justifier, as Jared read for us before. God didn't sweep our sins under the carpet. They've been dealt with once and for all. Jesus stands in our place and he receives our judgment. And what do we receive if we trust in him alone? Grace and mercy, forgiveness of our sins. Adopted into his family. You see, when guilt creeps into our heart, remember, remember that we are justified and declared right by putting our faith in Jesus and his finished work on the cross. So when Satan tempts you with guilt within, just come back and say, it's not about me, Satan. It's about Jesus and what he's done for me. God sees me through the Perfect righteousness of Christ. You can say what you like about me, Satan. That's not how God sees me. I'm not justified by my works. I'm justified, declared right by what Jesus has done for me. God sees me through the beauty and the perfection of Christ. And what does God say? He declares me right. He declares me lovely and he declares me adopted into his family. Jesus makes us right. Jesus now lives in us and Jesus now empowers us to live for the glory of God. Justification by faith alone, our right position by faith alone in Christ alone, the fruit that comes from that is a living and loving relationship with Christ in joy. Freedom in Christ, freedom from guilt, freedom from condemnation, freedom from all things through what Jesus has achieved for me. 
It means this, it means no fear. It means no condemnation. It means no guilt because we are justified, declared right by faith alone, in Christ alone, through his finished work at the cross. If we get that, you're going to build a fantastic foundation to live a life experiencing the freedom of the gospel. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that we can come to uh, this precious part of Galatians. And Lord, we will look at this over the next couple of weeks. What a glorious truth. Who are we that you would do this for us? Undeserving, unworthy, a free gift of the finished work of Christ. Out of your love for us, Lord, you send your one and only Son to bear our judgment for our sin at the cross so that we might become the righteousness of God. You set us free from guilt and condemnation and you set us free now to love you and to serve you, not trying to earn anything, Lord, just in the freedom that you've called us into, not to sin any longer, but to now live in holiness and purity as an act of thankfulness and worship before such a gracious and loving God. Holy Spirit, I pray, please grow that deeper in my heart. Grow that deeper in the hearts of those that are before me today. And Lord, I pray that we would experience that freedom that you give. Freedom to live for your glory. Lord, today I do ask and do pray this now in your name, Jesus. Amen. We trust you have enjoyed our Bible talk from today. If you have any questions or comments from today's talk, please feel free to contact us at info at exchangechurch.org.au. Also, we love to welcome new people at Exchange Church in person. So consider yourself invited to be with us.